Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation Music Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. What's going on, everybody? I'm at underscore Scalito on Twitter. Nothing has changed. And just to know you guys know, it's we super grizzly around here. It's you know, small little reference to my boy Kodak. So super grizzly. That's you know, that's hitting the charts. We super grizzly today. Not bad, not bad. What's good, everybody? This you got Trev, aka the corner man. Y'all know I'm still chief of staff. So on, oh, man. Welcome to the dark side, your man. Dark side at Tev Shakir. What it do, Grizz Nation? Embrace the darkness, y'all. <laughs> yes, embrace, embrace the darkness, indeed. As everybody knows, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, job and rent. It's the all-star starter. Uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is breaking records. Well, on his way to breaking records with this blocking streak he got going on in Grizzlies uh, history and everything. So, hey, we got another three in one week. Uh, what were your thoughts about this week in general and everything that's going on with John Moran, the All-Star game? Um, I'll start from the back end of your question. Um, as far as, you know, the, the John Morant being a start, and I know we talked about it briefly on uh, my other podcast, Let's Be Real, but I just think it's it's amazing to see somebody grow within their game so quickly. Um, and then to add to that point, like somebody that, plays for your local team, somebody that, you know, we've all, a team that we've all watched and grown up for quite some time. It's it's amazing to see how, you know, how fast this game has grown. There has been, you know, after each season, we say, okay, Johnny's to work on this, Johnny's to work on that. And it's like every time he comes into a new season, he's doing that to the point now where, like, he, in my opinion, is a leading candidate for um, MVP. Like, I, I'm grateful that he, you know, was named um, a starter for the all-star team, you know, that's huge for Memphis. That's huge for the city. That's huge for John Moran. Um, but it, again, like we, like we mentioned on the podcast, like this could be really, really scary. So for what's to come, I'm excited for, uh, for what's to come, you know, for John Moran and his family and every, and all the hard work that he's put in, I'm excited to see what's to come. It could be very scary. I mentioned on Let's Be Real that, you know, this has, the Giannis Antetokounmpo vibes, like, you know, him being in a small market um, and then elevating that that city and that town to potentially a, um, you know, not potentially, but, but for the Bucks, it was, you know, an NBA championship. And so is that something that we could see here in Memphis? I'm excited to see. Um, so, again, you know, huge shots to John Moran for becoming an all-star starter. It's well-deserved. Um, as far as the three-in-one um, 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 week, I think it was, you know, it was, you know, it was right. It was something that I think some of us predicted. Um, in my opinion, the Grizzlies are <laughs> bullying other teams, which is great to see. It's good to see them, you know, trending on Twitter. It's good to see them being on um, the discussion on, on ESPN and NBA Today, like every single week. Like they're like some form of fashion, they're on like ESPN top 10 for highlights, whether it's a it's a John Moran dunk or it's, you know, Dylan Brown, you know, pinning the, the, the ball off the glass for a block, whatever. It's, it's so good to see, uh, you know, this team doing well, it's so good to see like this this city embracing Memphis. You know, we didn't have too well of a, a, a too well of a season in, in, in college football for the Tigers. The the basketball team isn't living up to what we thought it would be. So it's good to have such a um, calm demeanor. It's good to have you know the, the positive vibes around the Grizzlies. So I'm excited for a good week for them. Yeah, just to speak briefly on uh, John Morant, it's been nothing short of amazing. Like, we pretty much have a guy that's uh, come into the league and immediately embraced the city of Memphis. Hold on, we got breaking news? 
No? Okay. It's a, it's a different sport, but you'll see when you get done. It's a different sport. Go ahead. All right, all right, all right. My bad, my bad. But, yeah. Uh, but this is just a side of things to come in the future, man, with Jai finally getting denied as the all-star starter. To Scholar's point, we're talking about a possible another situation with Giannis to where small market, the superstar grows within the small market and could potentially lead to an NBA championship. So uh, kudos again to job much deserved. Um, and I expect to see a lot more uh, down the line. And then I'm also looking forward to possibly job and ramp being a uh, second team all NBA this season. I think at the very best he could be there, but Hey, why not first? But you know, it is what it is. As far as the week is concerned, uh, it was much, to what we expected. Um, Dallas, for some reason, just seems to have our number every time they play a matchup zone. But, you know, that it is what it is there. Uh, the Grizz are just rolling, and uh, I would be remiss if I didn't take the time to acknowledge Triple J um, for the outstanding work he's been putting in on the defensive side of the ball. Hence why my name uh, right now is Trip J for Depoy, because uh, I am entering that campaign for Triple J for Defensive Player of the Year. I'm just pissed that I haven't gotten any invitations to the block party yet. They have he's been throwing all these block parties and we hadn't gotten an invite to one of them. I'm kind of salty. About I definitely could have flew in and DJed a couple of them. <laughs> there I mean, you go. Let me <laughs> that. You know, I'm not I'm good. I'm I'm not petty, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> but uh uh kudos to what everything y'all said, man. And uh pretty much like when John Morant came into the city, like he immediately became ours. You know, um, and we talked a lot about this on Let's Be Real, but he he was literally right up the street for from you know from the city, you know, three hours away in Nashville, playing in Murray State. So he, he immediately, I, I feel like, embraced the culture, you know, being from Memphis. And you know, when we got the second pit, he he was ours from the get go. And to see his, like you all said, his progression into what he is now, you know, the third year point guard evolution that we talked about, you know, earlier this season, like we've seen his progression, we've seen. You know him talk about how he's a top five point guard and working that working his butt off over the summer and proving it. And now he's a you know first time not only NBA you know All Star but he's starting. Like that's that's a kudos to him. And I think we're just you know we're here for the ride. It's a blessing to be able to watch him and talk about him. You know every podcast that we do here. So it, it uh, shout out to John Moran. Um, I believe definitely believe he's gonna get at least second team uh, All NBA. And, you know, I made a bold prediction on Let's Be Real, and I said that with the All-Star game, with this All-Star game, you got a lot of older players playing, which, you know, of course, with what we want, but you got the hungry players that are going to take advantage, you know, of the spotlight, of the moment. And I think John Moran is going to do that. I do have him winning All-Star game MVP because if you look at last week, like the Jazz game, I believe that's the one that ESPN cut off, whichever game they cut off to go to another game. I do feel like he felt some kind of way. I do feel like the whole team felt some kind of way. That was the Spurs they, game, actually. Spurs game, Spurs game, Spurs game. Spurs right, game. Right. Yeah. And it was a good game, and they just, all right, y'all, let's go to the next one. Like, nah. So, John Morant realized that he's going to take advantage of the eyes that are on him, and I do have him winning an all game MVP. So, And that's going to help, you know, with boosting the other second team and the, you know, possible first team that he can get. Uh, but kudos to John. Kudos to Triple J. You know, if he's an all-star reserve, cool. Um, if not, you know, we, that's another debate that we can definitely have. But he's doing his thing. Trip J for Depoy. Outside of Draymond Green, he got my vote. Um, so, uh, great week for the Grizz. We're going to keep it moving. 
For sure, for sure, man. Shout out to Ja. Shout out to Triple J, aka Block Panther. That's a nickname I've heard floating around. So no. Yes, that's the nickname no. I've heard. <laughs> hey, that's what he's doing right now. So man, shout out to Buffalo. I just get mad man. that I can't think of stuff like this. It's that, that's what makes me mad. I'm like, that's so clever. Like, it's I'm clever like, though. I, 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 can, I can mess with it. I can mess with it. Right, man. But uh, yeah, shout out. Like I said, I predicted Josh MVP candidate. So, aka All Star starter. Same thing. <laughs> right. But uh, moving forward, you know, we got Twitter questions. Uh, and we got five questions today. Uh, first question is uh, pretty much a simple question. Um, I got David Sweats. Uh, at his underscore is at DAS six four seven. He asked who holds record for consecutive 30-point games, and Ja Morant just broke that. Uh, I can't remember which game, but I know it's uh, got like six straight right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, that's the answer to that question. If anybody who's listening who knows, like, better information, uh, let us know, because we're doing this off the top of the head. Uh, next yeah, question, Chris Rose asked. Sorry. Yeah, you go, Scott. No, I was just going to just add that. It was, I was just going to ask you a question. I think it was, the, it was the Jazz game on... The Jazz game is where you broke, broke the record. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that made it five straight, so, yeah. I don't know who he's yeah. on the record. I don't know who, who did Mike on the effort before or who had it, the four straight. John had it before, actually. Okay, John. Oh, so broke his own record. Had, yeah. Yeah. Because John had four last earlier this season. Okay. Or, I mean, earlier this season. Earlier this year. Yeah. I think yeah. he did about a month ago. Okay. Yeah. And um, next question by Chris Rose. His underscore is at CRose1998. Uh, he asked if the Grizzlies were to trade at the deadline, should they target experience and veteran? Uh, he mentioned Eric Gordon or a flyer on a young guy like Mo Bamba or Marvin Bagley. No, I, I, I would just go after a veteran, a, a veteran guy. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be somebody that has to get a bunch of minutes. Um, I think we mentioned on last week's podcast, like what I would do, I would just kind of go after somebody. And I think one of y'all mentioned Paul Millsap. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, if that's realistic or not, but I would just kind of go after somebody who, um, has some form of like of a, a defensive presence, somebody who can guard wing players. If you have to go against LeBron, you have to go against um, whomever the Jazz or the, the Warriors, just to be able to throw something like have a defensive guy to throw at one of those wings or somebody that could probably just help somebody or help um, Desmond Bain or somebody that can help um, John Contra, just be able to know how to defend somebody. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's going to get minutes, but somebody that can sit on the bench, like a Udonis has them to say, okay, this is what you need to do in this situation. This is what you do in this particular situation in the event that Dylan Brooks is not healthy enough for you in the playoffs. Agree. I, I hate to be specific, but you need a 3 and D type of guy with playoff experience that's not going to get a whole lot of minutes. Uh, but knows exactly what to do in any given situation. Um, so the experienced veteran player would be the person the Grizzlies should target if they wanted to improve by the deadline. Just one that, like I said, that has playoff experience and knows exactly what to do in playoff situations. Doesn't necessarily have to get a lot of minutes, but if he's given the minutes, he knows exactly what to do, and then things can just keep rolling forward the Grizzlies. So experienced vet. Definitely uh, an experienced vet. Um, of course, I've said don't touch anything, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, don't trade a player. If we can get a vet, you know, like an Eric Gwon, who I think would be perfect, especially coming off the bench and, you know, three-point shooting, adding debt. You know, if we can get him for a second-round pick, you know, from the Rockets who aren't doing anything, Eric Gwon averaging, what, 14, 15 points a game, like, that will be useful. 
Uh, we talked about the Paul Millsaps. Of course, he's going to take into, you know, Tillman's or Clark's minutes, but that experienced veteran would help. Um, so I think if we were to, you, you know, get an experienced veteran, don't trade any, you know, pieces to a court for sure. Um, we can get one for like a second round pick, you know, in the future, just for a player that who just want some playoff, you know, games, you know, get one of those players for sure. Yep, I'm thinking around along the same lines of veteran presence, so um, three and deep preferably. We do need some help with our shooting. Um, we do need some help with our shooting, and yeah, that's all I have is veteran presence, good three point shooter. So, uh, next question is from Bad News Boya. Uh, it's at B A D N E W S B O Y A H. Um, so here's the question Could the Mavericks pose a problem for us if we met in the playoffs? Losing the Series, season series three one is concerning for me, especially both games at home. Yeah, it's 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 a little concerning with specifically because it's a division rival. My only pushback would be to say, and I don't know this off the top of my head, how many of those games did we have Dylan Brooks available? That's my thing. I think you know in the most recent matchup, um, Luca was kind of able to do what he wanted, uh, which is you know against most teams. Um, but if nothing else, Dylan Brooks is going to make things difficult. If you're going to beat, if you're going to score 28, it's probably going to be one of the most difficult 28 point games that you ever had in your in your career. And so that would be my pushback because I'm not sure off the top of my head how many of those games Dylan Brooks has been available to have that matchup against Luca. I think that's part well, of let, the let me let, let me let me push back on that one though because mm-hmm. if you look at last season, Luca was the greatest killer for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, any team, you know, outside the Warriors and Suns that I'm kind of don't want to go against in the playoffs, it'll be the Mavericks. Yeah. 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 You 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 can definitely give Luka that title. But, I mean, again, to Skyler's point, I, I don't think any of these uh, matchups with the Mavs had Dylan Brooks in the lineup. And mm-hmm. the last time that Dylan Brooks was in the lineup playing against the Mavs against Luka, uh, the Grizzlies were actually able to take care of business pretty handily. Uh, we were actually in the house. Most of us were in the house for that game. Oh, yeah, uh, um, so would I be scared of the Mavs? Yes, because I know they're going to slow things down. They're going to play that matchup zone defense that's going to bother the Grizzlies and things of that nature. But uh, I'm not too worried about them because I know at full strength, mm-hmm. Grizzlies are more than capable of taking care of the Mavericks in at the very most six games. So. Okay, uh, next question is from Daniel Greer. Uh, Dan, it's underscore is at Daniel Greer, um, G-R-E-E-R. Uh, give us your best and worst case scenario for first-round playoff matchup. Mm. Um, man, I'm going to be biased and say I really like a Lakers and Grizzlies first-round matchup. <laughs> I would just naturally love that. Um to see LeBron, who is still at the top of his game, who's still at the top of the league when it comes to, you know, one of the better players in the NBA as a, as a, as a um, in this totality, totality, but John Moran is coming. And so that's a matchup that I would like to see, you know, four games out of seven is, you know, who's, you know, what team is the, we know who's the better team, but again, at the end of the day, that's, that will just, in my opinion, be a, a perfect match that I'm just going to be like, Damn it, I don't care what else is going on. That's the game. These are, this is the series that I want to see. I'm not really watching anybody else. 
So really, mm -hmm. it's, it's Lakers and Grizzlies for me. And I think that's really possible based on how L.A. is playing right now. Uh, Well, for me, best case scenario, the Grizzlies get the two seed. Everything else stays intact. And we match up with a real Clippers team in the playoffs. Um, and have our, you know, chances of uh, advancing there, getting home court in the first round, possibly home court in the uh, semifinals as well. Uh, my worst case scenario to what Scott just mentioned, Grizzlies, Lakers, and the Grizzlies get LeBron and AD to death uh, in the series because you know that's very capable of happening. If I could throw my uh, ESPN uh, conspiracy hat on. So that's my worst case scenario. Best case scenario, they get the other LA team that's pretty much been injured all season. Reasonable matchup for them. We'll probably take care of them and then and and five and then possibly move on to the uh conference semis with another possible home court matchup against the Golden State Warriors, more than likely. So yeah, Trev, I'm definitely with you on the worst case scenario. I think a worst case scenario will be us going against a Lakers team who will be rolling. Um, like a bold prediction I got going. I mean, it sounds funny, but if you look at how specifically Russell Westbrook played at the end of last season with the Wizards on the last 20, 25 games, they picked it up a notch and they turned up. It's possible the Lakers can do the same, especially with a quote unquote healthy Anthony Davis, but that's rare as a Mewtwo out here. So, um, <laughs> but it is possible that they could come back healthy, worst case scenario, and do what they're supposed to do. Uh, best case scenario, of course, going against the Nuggets. They, they, what I've been saying, they have literally no interior defense. Jai eat them up alive. It'll be a five game series if that. Um, so, best case scenario, we get the Nuggets, uh, what we, which is what we have now, three six. Uh, worst case, we hit the Lakers and have it at the you know the cookie crumble with that one. And they're healthy and they're balling and they're on the roll. That's the worst case. Yep, I agree with Took. Um, I think worst case is the Lakers is LeBron in the playoffs when it boils down to it. So I, I don't care who he got on his team. I don't care how bad Russell Westbrook is playing. LeBron in the playoffs, I don't want to see that. And uh, worst uh, that's the worst case. Best case is I agree. Nuggets. It just seems like we have their number. Uh, even Jamal Murray does come back. I you know he's coming back off a of torn ACL. How he's going to look? Is he going to be hundred percent back? So that definitely plays into our favor. And Michael Porter Jr. is out for the season, so that's the other option. So. Really, Denver would be the easy case scenario. And if you back to that Dallas uh, question, since I was uh, moving around, still driving and stuff, um, I said on the Twitter spaces, I helped you off to his spaces Thursday night. I'm not worried about Dallas. Go back to what Skyler said. I, I don't remember when Dylan Brooks played in the game. I think Job missed the first two games. Uh, we had, they ain't seen us healthy. So let me see them. Let me see Dallas with us with our four slated players and then it's on and popping. Yeah. I yeah, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because, if you know, I think, in my opinion, best case is the Lakers because every game that I've seen Lakers and Grizzlies this year, the Lakers have had zero answer for John Moran, none. And, the, and I, took, I hear your point about, you know, Russell Westbrook playing better, but at the end of the day, the man doesn't play defense. <laughs> and so I'm just going to look at it from the perspective that John Moran is going to be able to do what he wants when he wants against the Lakers. Maybe against the Mavs, who, in my opinion, maybe the worst case scenario. Again, maybe is Dylan Brooks there? Is he is he available? So then again, to what Trevor just said not too long ago, that matchup zone is going to be difficult for um it's going to be difficult for the Grizzlies. And you know, who's going to be able to defend uh Luka Doncic? You know, Chris that's first thing is gives us issues every now and then. So who's going to be able to 
you know, be able to kind of cancel out their matchup as well. Again, you would want it to be Triple J, but again, we've seen in the past year or two that they kind of give us issues. So that would be my thing. I would probably rather play the Lakers, call me crazy, would probably rather play the Lakers than the Mavericks. And then plus, you know, if the, if the Lakers, uh, if the Grizzlies play the Lakers at home, then we get to all see, you know, the, the Lakers fans leave FedEx form in some type of, you know, little, um, you know, them being sad and be ready to, you know, say whatever they want to say. So that's what I think about it. All right, cool, cool. So last question or last two questions about the same person. Uh, his Twitter handle is at InfoPank, at I-N-F-O-P-A-N-K. Uh, his first question was, likely likely to face the Jazz or Nuggets in the first round. If we win, meet Golden State in the second. How to improve odds against fully fit teams when three-point shooting remains woeful? So what I guess how, you how to improve our odds, how can we improve our odds to be a team like Golden State when our three-point shooting is not that good? Mm, how do you better your odds? Um, the only way I can think of right now is to win. You win at all costs and you try to avoid them <laughs> as late as you can in the playoffs. So I think right now the I think I can't think of the standings off the top of my head. I think Grizzlies have the two seed. The third. The third no, three seed right now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's the only thing. If you kind of just kinda just stay in their range, you stay nip and tuck with the wars, and then that just further delays your your matchup with them. That would be the only thing that I could think of. Uh, but then yet again, here's this thing is you know. Dylan Brooks being that Dylan Brooks is so key to how we play defense, how we communicate on the defensive end. And so I think with him being there, um, that betters our chances as well, too. Again, I will say this. I don't I don't see anybody on Golden State being able to, you know, to stop or slow down John Moran. And I think at the end of the day, if you have that, that's going to open up Pandero's box for everybody else. We've seen that numerous of times that if a team is not able to slow down John Moran, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. As far as scoring, and he also gets everybody else involved and make the game easier for them. Yeah, and another thing is, if three point shooting is woeful, just stop the other team from making threes. Like if you're coming into a game thinking you finna outshoot the Golden State Warriors or outshoot the Utah Jazz from three, then that's a recipe for disaster right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you gotta do is just you take care of your business on the defensive end. Don't give up so many threes. Control the paint as you typically would do on every single possession. Uh, have more points in the paint than the other team. You're looking at at least between 50 and 70 points a game. And a good portion of that is going to come from Job and Rant because there's, I don't think there's anybody on Golden State or Utah for that matter that can stay in front of Job and Rant for four games out of seven in a series. So the three point shooting may, may not be great, but that could easily, you could cover for that just by playing good defense and. Uh, taking advantage of all your opportunities to, to get easy baskets. Plus, the, plus the game slows down the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I literally agree with everything y'all just said, but y'all failed to make one more point, and that's bench play. Mm-hmm. Bench play in the playoffs is one of the most important things that you can possibly have. We saw that last year from the Warriors. You know, we playing them in the play-ins, and now they're a top two team. You know, in the in the Western Conference, so. The bench is that people don't want to talk about that the, the next man up or you know the, the other the other man is key, trust me. So as long as you know Ty Jones stay healthy, he keep doing his thing. Uh coach Jenkins continue to solidify rotations and players continue to progress, we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Now the hope is the bench do play better this year in the playoffs. Last year they played well in the season. Exactly. Got to the playoffs, they were non-existent. <laughs> and mostly playoffs, you short in rotations. But to your point, too, yeah. Hopefully, the bench can. They had the playoff experience now. Hopefully, they 
can uh, step it up a notch. And you know what helps with that? Having home court advantage, yes. which yep. means having mm-hmm. a, as high of a seed as possible because mm-hmm. you're more likely to get great play from your role players at home than you would do on mm-hmm. the road. So and then you're going to have Memphis turn. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. nasty. Big facts. And the last question he had was, okay, GBB talks about consolidation trade. How do you pay three guys big money and keep Bain, Orbrooks, Clark, and other important pieces? I'm not sure what third guy he's including, like, the, because you think Jaw Jaren, and he said, how do we keep The, the answer is you don't. Yes. That's just yeah. the cost of dual business. You, mm-hmm. you don't. Like, if you're looking to get someone major, you're going to come off between Bain, Brooks, Melton, a first rounder, right. you, you're right. going to come off of one of those three, or I mean, Brandon Clark, too. So, you're going to come off one of those guys, if not two out of those four, if you're trying to improve and get someone major here in Memphis. So, the answer to the question is you don't. You just, if, if a deal can be done, you make the deal, then you just focus on paying John Jerry. So, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much and pretty. And also, I'm pretty sure whoever they bring in is the third guy getting paid big money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that point. So, yeah. Yep. So that's the that's the price you pay when your, your team is good, right? Exactly. <laughs> you just you, you can't make everybody happy. If somebody if Desmond Bain wasn't performing to the level that he is now, then that's something they then that's a deal that necessarily he probably wouldn't have to require or he wouldn't have to get top money if he wasn't that good. You could just probably slide him, you know. I'm not even sure how good you know how deals work these days, but um if that's just the price you pay when when, you, when your team is good, Desmond Bain is good. So then you have to think about okay, do you keep him? Do you trade him away? Because you know at some point you got to pay him. That's that's the dilemma. It's a good problem to have, but let's mm-hmm. wait till another day to solve that problem. There you go. <laughs> like, you push the dog, you, you keep the tires on that one. You keep the tires. Like on. all this fire, like don't trade. Like just keep the team intact unless you can get somebody bring in, like you said, a veteran for a second round pick. Cool, but. Uh, the team is, you know, some would say overachieving, whatever. Players are progressing the way that they're supposed to be, which is beautiful within this Grizz culture. Don't do a dog on thing. Right. Unless you're making a trade. I guess I see some GBB uh, guys are saying trade like Jared Cova. Okay, that's fine. Make a okay, trade. Some type of back-end trade that doesn't affect the yeah. rest of the team that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Joe, he loves uh, Kenrick uh, Williams. I think this is name from OKC. Guess he's a uh, uh, okay, so yeah, 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 solid three and D player. So, make that type right. of deal, uh, <laughs> right? So, that's the type of deals we're looking for. Uh, I like we said a couple weeks ago, man. I want them to ride this out. You see, at the end of the season, after your season ends, after the playoffs, you see, okay, this player we probably can package in a deal for you know, this type of player, and you know, what how it goes on. So, coming up this week, we got three games we play at. Philly and Joel Embiid is just on the biggest, bigger of a tear as Giles right now in his scoring as well. So we play mm-hmm. at Philly tomorrow. Oh, well, tonight, the, where the episode comes out on Monday, we're recording on Sunday, it comes out on the, um, the play, the game is on Monday night. Then we play the New York Knicks on Wednesday, the team that took our national TV game. Um, so we definitely, Jive probably expect Jive to drop about 50 in Madison Square Garden that night. And hey, that would be crazy if he dropped 50 in Garden. That would go. be crazy. You know, he's about to go for it too. And then we play the Orlando Magic, who I forgot even had the NBA team. I'm not even going to lie to you. On Saturday, and Cole Anthony is in the slam dunk contest. Well, well you know, but that's that's not like this week. Well, well, y'all well, in the slam dunk contest, my bad. I ain't even oh, that was announced? Oh, I think Cole yeah. Anthony is doing this. They, they haven't announced the whole Oh, okay. oh so Cole Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it. Okay, I got Cole you. Anthony is already 
and he can dunk. All they ask is out there the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, he, I, I saw a couple of them, but I don't know. I still don't know. I haven't seen anything since his high school days, so we'll see. I'm trying to think. Greg Anthony won in the dunk contest, but no, man, no, no, nah. you know it's crazy. Nah, nah. I, I had the slam dunk contest worthy dunk uh, Friday night. <laughs> he, he's not going to join the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> But what what y'all got this week? I got three and zero. I'm gonna start. Give me three and zero. Give me the give me the win at Philly. Then finish it out. Uh, I'll go two and one. Um, with the loss being to to Philly. Um, just to your point, Charlie Joel Embiid is on a whole different level. Uh, I I foresee him dominating. Um, the way he has been, so I don't think nothing changes there. But I think between uh, Maxi and Thiable, I think they do enough to maybe slow down slow down John Moran just a little bit, or at least to where like his fingerprint or his handprint isn't all over the game as we've seen lately. So that's that would be my pushback. But um, so I think they lose the game against Philly, um, and then they take the um, the Knicks and they take. The um, magic is well. I'm actually I'm gonna go two and one as well with the loss of Philly. Also, um, mm-hmm. I just because even with the last matchup, Joel and B was out, Seth Curry was out, and the Grizzlies were able to take advantage to a pretty comfortable win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, of course, that's gonna be different this go around with Joel and B possibly in the lineup. I do expect him to dominate and play at the MVP level that he's been playing all season. Um, so I, I expect an L there. I do expect the Grizzlies to really show up and show out against the Knicks in the Garden on ESPN. I think John Morant has that game circled and is ready to uh, do what we know John Morant is accustomed to doing. And then from there, um, a win against the Magic to, to close out the week. So uh, – I'll go to win one as well for this week. Oh, I didn't even realize that Knicks game is on ESPN. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm gonna actually go three and oh. Um Joel Embiid is definitely doing his thing on the offensive end, but defensively, I mean, he's only averaged more than two blocks in one game, and that was against the Pelicans. I mean, so y'all know me. If if Josh smell blood, he gonna go, he gonna go towards it. So um, give me three and zero win against Philly. Uh, definitely win against the Knicks. I hope he dropped at least forty in Madison for real. At least forty realistically for real. Drop fifty, I we 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 turning up. <laughs> and then a Magic, of course. Uh, that's a dub. So give me give me three and zero this week. Yeah, Cole Anthony catching nobody on Allen this 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 year. Mm-hmm. I won't. I don't forget them comments he made last year. <laughs> so you know you so you know, cost somebody an Allen. One gonna be safe. Well, guess what? It's true. On Allen with y'all this year, dog. <laughs> <laughs> But for their Philly game, the reason I beat the Grizzlies. Remember last time, Job missed the game as well, and they still in. So it won't just be Job was out too. So the best player for each team was out. Um, Seth Curry might still be out. He's on my fantasy team. Trust me, I know. Um, <laughs> been hurting this week with him, with him, LeBron, and uh, Van Vliet and James Harden missing games. But it doesn't need to hear no there. Uh, yeah, so let's, we'll let's not talk about that. Let's, yeah, let's not talk right. about that. Everybody get hurt. But we'll see what happens on this Philly game. This is going to be a really good one. They did blow like a 30-point lead against the Clippers like a week ago, if I'm not mistaken. So and the Clippers came back and won on a four. Oh, they watched the game. That was a Washington game. Played by, uh, <laughs> Canard, Canard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was the Washington game. It was oh, no, they, it was I, Washington one. My bad, my bad, yeah. my bad. I think yeah. they came back on Philly, too. Somebody came back on Philly. They blew like a 30-point lead at home against somebody about a week ago. It may have been the Clippers. The Clippers may have had back-to-back comebacks. I need to check and see. But, yeah. 
trust Doc Rivers to uh, you know blow a game or two, but we'll see. That, that should be a real good one, man. But uh, man, that's it for this episode. Remember to follow us at the Starting Five, the Number Five MEM, and listen to the other podcasts on the Network: GBB Live, Core Four Podcast, Three and D Podcast, and the Long View. And remember to follow me at the One Underscore P Short. We could have been superstars. I'm super grizzly with it this week. I'm at underscore Scott Lee on Twitter. <laughs> the Grizzlies are always what's P. I'm at the Yacht of Trevor of yes, the position. Come on, too. I'm at Tab Shakira. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Y'all have a job amazing week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and of course, that's what that's last but not least. Uh, follow SBN Grizzlies. SB, yeah, SBN Grizzlies for Grizzly Bear Blues. All content will be up there. Oh, yeah, and follow Sheedy. It's really Sheedy, who unfortunately couldn't be on the episode today. For sure, for sure. Hopefully he's not calling Block Panther Triple L anymore, but we'll see next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to him like that. We'll talk to him like that.